Sonic States. Hello, everybody. This is our post NAM, a slightly late um, podcast number 114. Obviously, uh, we've had a little bit of trouble um, because I should have been back yesterday in time for the show, but. Um, Unfortunately, the flight was cancelled due to some engine trouble, which they very kindly told us just as we were sitting on the actual flight that we should have been on. So we get on the flight and they said, oh, yeah, we had a problem with the engine, but it's all right now. Anyway, we're taking off in a minute. So it was. Uh, I'd much rather they told us that sort of on the night beforehand, because we would have all felt better about being bussed out of the hotel, uh, bussed out to a hotel, rather than told us when we we're sitting on the plane about to go on an 11-hour flight. Don't know. It just seems kind of, you know, the, not the way to do things. Anyway, um, joining me this week uh, for this post-NAM post-mortem are uh, Dave Spears from G4Software.com, who can now say the words Imposca 2. Imposca 2. How are you, Dave? Recovered from your, um, whatever it was, trip? I'm all right, actually. It was, this this time has been the easiest time. For me, amazingly enough, I expected that sort of four thirty ding. I'm awake now, but it didn't happen. I got, I did six thirty. Subsequent night. No. Ah, okay, but I did actually go to bed at eight. So <laughs> no, just stay up till midnight. That's the deal. Well, anyway, hello, uh, hello, Dave, and we've also got um, two stateside people, um, Mr. Rich Hilton from Connecticut, who didn't make it to this week's this this year's Nam. But how are you, Rich? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, okay, thanks. I very much enjoyed watching your uh, posted videos from the NAM show. Thank you. And look forward to hearing your reflections. There are, there are tons more to come as well. I mean, we've only posted some of them. There's, I've done another, there's another 17 in the pipeline just today, and there'll be another, God knows how many. There's lots, lots and lots, but we can talk about that a bit later. Anyway, Rich can be found at myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius, uh, where he displays his Hiltoniusness. I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, and I'm one to talk, eh, Rich? Um, right, I'm not the one on the web. <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> and, and also joined by PJ Tracy from uh, Minneapolis. How are you doing, PJ? I'm doing very well, Nick. Thanks. Good. Uh, PJ, of yeah. course, can, can be found at pjtracymusic.com, where you can find out a bit more about him and his Emmy-winning ways. Anyway, um, so this is us. It's a, a small team, uh, and it's it's post Nam. So, uh, well, Dave, I'll start with you because um, you went. You told me you were going to have uh, a, a bit of a day on Sunday. Did you leave a bit early and head off to the hills? Did you have a nice day? We had a lovely, lovely day, and I'd not say thank you very much to Howard for sorting that out. We went to Hans Zimmer's studio, and uh, just sort of drooled for a couple of hours. And, um, yeah, fainted, really. really. He's even got a Tesla car, for God's sake. No, really? Ah. Uh-huh. You'd imagine he would, though, wouldn't you? Has he got MIDI? I, hit n- n- I would have thought he's probably <laughs> going to get it retrofitted. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have an invisibility cloak? That's next. Was the great man there, or did you just get to kind of hang around and um, look in his studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and he was very hospitable, and uh, it was good fun. We've got some old acquaintances from many, many years ago, so it was very good fun. And my goodness me, the gear that man has! Well, yeah, but you talk. An you, offer. you talk to anybody at uh, Nam who's made a hardware synthesizer or a software synthesizer, and they all say Hans Zimmer's got one, or interested, or <laughs> is going to buy ten. <laughs> That's uh, everyone. I mean, he's he's. I think he, without him. The industry would suffer a major downturn um, to at least five or ten percent of its turnover. That's stunning. I mean, he has, you know, the back wall of his own personal studio is just sort of awash with modular stuff. And then I kind of looked around, and there's, I think there was something like twenty MKS eighties in the in the wall at one point. That's useful. It's just immense, absolutely immense. And at one point, we went into another studio. Uh, this was kind of Howard's one, where he does his sound design. And kind of looked down at this rather large flight case, immaculate. And so I said, what's in there then? Oh, it's a brand new untouched CS80. Oh. It's just like, I hate you. We had a ARP 2500 in there. I mean, it's just stunning. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. Mind-blowing, really. So, yeah, we just annoyed everybody taking photographs and being obstreperous as usual. Did um, did you get to play on anything? Uh, no. Well, it's kind of weird because off of Hans's big room... 
which uh, I, w- I won't describe it too much, but um, off of Hans's big room is another room where there's even more modular stuff, and all of that's on all the time and working. And I mean, it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. But yeah, funny and great fun. Probably a highlight of the trip for me. Uh, brilliant. It's nice when that happens. I remember a couple of years ago, I got uh, a friend of mine has got a boat in uh, Marina del Rey. It sounds much, much, much grander than it is. He's got a little boat that uh, he bought off a friend and he's got a mooring there. And he just happened to phone up when we were filming at uh, Future Music, Jack Watson's place, and said, what are you doing? And um, I said, oh, I'm in LA. And he said, oh, so am I. Come down and visit. And he took us out on the boat and we went out um, to, uh, and past Santa Monica Pier and sailed sailed the boat round and came back in the sunset and I just got back in time to catch the plane it was the most it was I just felt so, sort of all those negative ions or positive ions whichever word you lose being in that AC environment just seemed to charge me up again it was wonderful just brilliant yeah that whole area is very very nice yeah so anyway Nam um so what was the highlight for you? Um, we'll go through each everybody, I guess, because everybody, uh, obviously, you guys in the states won't have seen it all through us, but you may have seen other other things, and uh, we've still got a lot more to go. How about you, Dave? What was your favourite bit? Oh, of course, it was my our own synth. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, the whole show was a buzz with talk of it. I did it. Yeah, I did enjoy the wind up. That was good. Uh, I have to say, for me, and, and this is old news, but. I got to try out the Hacken Continuum. Oh, did you? I, he, that's the one thing I didn't cross off on my list, and I did everything else pretty much. Um, that and um, Mike Green and Realivox. I just wanted to see him because I'm trying to get him to come on the podcast. He's such a nice guy. But uh, so sorry to you both. But tell me about it. Brilliant, just brilliant. Want one? Want one? Been pestering Chris ever since. Can we have one of those and a Kymer, whatever the latest one? It's quite reasonable. Tell, what, what's the deal then? Has it got its own audio engine in it now, or is it actually just a new version? What's I, I, I couldn't, I didn't get a chance to read the press release even. Uh, do you know, I was so busy filming him because actually, I think it's really suitable for uh, a band that I work with. So I was so busy filming him that I kind of, and it's weird because he didn't have any monitors there; it, it was just on headphones. So I was kind of holding the headphone up to the mic of the video camera just to try and get as much. Um, info as possible so i've yet to go through it but what he was playing was just blinding absolutely blinding he had phrases in there and he was just sort of running his finger across the keyboard and triggering the the whole phrase and then he would play individual notes and trigger parts of the phrase and some fantastic sounds i think most of it was hooked up to the chima but uh, he said that he'd actually done some stuff with the original in posca um, and it sounded great, so uh, we're going to try and get the full spec off of him and see if we can do a little bit of tweaking to make this one fully compatible, as it were. Oh, brilliant. That's great. I, I remember when I did an, uh, an interview with him before, um, Ed Egan, is that the guy? I think it was. I forget now. Um, but, uh, obviously, Mr. Hacken himself. But um, I was talking to them, and, and, and it sounded beautiful and was totally expressive, but... It does, he said it takes a very long time to become fluent on it. It's like a real, you have to really master it to kind of get the most from it because it's, it's just a bit of a, that sort of messes with your head a little bit if you're used to playing traditional keyboards. I don't know, do you get a chance to prod it at all? Or? Yeah, yeah, and it's, it is very nice. It's beautifully tactile. In fact, it was Ed Egan, and weirdly enough, he looked at my badge and went, hey, Dave Spears, I listen to you every week on the podcast. Hey! Oh, other notable fans of the podcast, I have to say, uh, one... Yay! I'd like to say hello to Paul De Silva, who came and collared me, um, actually rather brilliantly, when we were talking to Roland UK, our new sponsors for the show, I'd like to add, which we'll talk about a bit later. He came up, while I was right in the middle of discussing the podcast with him, he came up and just said, I'm a real fan of the podcast, and I tell all my students, because he's a music teacher, to listen to it. It's a guy called Paul De Silva, and I'm not sure where he's from, but he's a pianist, composer, author, and educator. And Paul, I'd just like to um, send you at least at least $10 for that f- fantastically opportune <laughs> interjection into my ad meeting. <laughs> so thanks, Paul. <laughs> um, but yes, and also um, Eric Persing is an is a avid listener, apparently. I don't know where he finds oh, the wonderful. time. No idea where he'll find the time. Being such a busy man. Um, sorry, Dave, I've completely rambled off topic now. Yeah. And my jet lag mine, I can't remember where I started from. Can you refresh me? <laughs> uh, I think that was it. Highlight, you like. My highlight of the show. Oh, yeah, sorry. That was it, really? <laughs> um, well, uh, how about anybody else? PJ, did you get a chance to check any of our stuff out or have you been busy? No, I did. Um, I have been busy, but uh, it's great to take a break every once in a while and watch some of the videos. And. Um, I have a few, actually. Um, 
<clears throat> if I hadn't known that the Imposter Two was coming out, I would have uh, I would have said that. But I'm I'm excited for you guys over there, and I, I hope it I hope it goes as well as all of your previous launches because it's a fantastic synthesizer. And I know because I'm on the beta testing team. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the Live Eight and the um, Akai controller for Live Eight looks fantastic. Yes, that was a so bit. I'm that that, that caused a massive buzz. Uh, I didn't see the press conference because yeah. um, there's Live Eight, and also they've introduced Max MSP kind of integrated it into live eight so you can actually build custom objects and all sorts of madness in there as well i didn't see the press conference andy filmed it and i think we got most of the stuff up already there's like five or six segments of of all the bits and that does seem when i get a chance to review yeah. it uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because that does seem amazing i agree yeah it's really cool. cool and there's there's a couple notable features i mean the the max msp is great that looks like it's an additional upgrade you have to pay extra for the max msp integration into live aid so it's some sort of it's uh it's max msp for live so apparently it's going to sit on some metal layer uh you know alongside the application and then the other thing is that hans uh did non-eric spotted the vocoder in Live 8, because that is a that is a feature in Live 8. I don't know if you remember from a previous podcast, but oh, he yes, said he was right. filming inside of Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> and that is, uh, <laughs> that is a, um, a feature. And there's, um, there is a video floating around the web of uh, Robert Hankey giving a, giving a talk in New Zealand where somebody mentions that Hans had spotted that, uh, that feature, and uh, he blushes and, uh, and smiles. So I guess that cat was out of the bag several months ago. But, yeah, yeah. But they, they um, had a lot to up. They, were de- they were demonstrating a lot of stuff. We're going to try and hook up with uh, Houston Singletary, who's their ace number one demo guy, and um, try and do some more of those kind of screencast things for the new features at some point. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. And if you can get him to to show off that controller, that would be that would be amazing because I I can't wait to get my hands on that. I'm uh, launching a project with a with an animation animator video artist this spring where we're going to start doing some live performing. Um, and I think that's going to be that's going to be my controller of choice. All right, cool. Well, the one thing I, I don't know whether this is true, but I did hear that when you hook it up, it locks the mouse out, so you've got to kind of go into another mode, which does sound a little bit. Um, of an oversight perhaps you should be able to choose but that oh that's bizarre but i may be wrong there because it was yeah. it was a competitor who told me that and uh you know you never know what they might be saying about anything but that does seem like it might be a bit i would imagine they probably yeah be easy to fix i would think yeah i'd imagine they'd work that out before it hits the streets hmm well, that was all cool. And d- sorry, Rich Hilton, you've been very silent. I must let you get a word in. Have, have you got any more, PJ, or are you uh, are you done? Um, no. the The other one, I just just a quick mention um, is the the update to Omnisphere. Uh, oh, man. Spectrosonics is always extreme. Yeah, is always extremely generous, and it was really fun to listen to those sounds. They're, I mean, they have just a superlative sound design team, and and uh, it's just really fun to listen to what that synthesizer can do. And um, I mean, there's just there's just so much on offer there, and it was it was it's just yeah. I, I've I've said it twice already. It's just a, a lot of fun to listen to those sounds coming coming from that sense so i can't wait to get my hands on that upgrade uh, next week because i am a proud omnisphere we've been editing the omnisphere the trillion the trillion and the uh stylus rmx um presentations that uh, eric and paul De- paul uh, de benedict just um sorted out for us and i'd like to say thank you very much because i know they they were a bit cagey about getting people access anyway they told us that nobody else had the same access as us and i want to say thank you very much for letting us and the videos should be up later today or tomorrow and you will see the stylus rmx one is just out of this world because it, it does stuff like um what does it do it it takes you can change time signature on the fly right and it restructures the rex files seamlessly to play you know say a, sh- a, a kind of shuffle groove could be played in six eight or you know a straight beat could be played in six eight, three four whatever you can change it around and then once you've actually set the time signature and the tempo or whatever any sample that you then audition from your library is also recut into that time signature so you can see whether it would fit and the other thing it does is there's a group there's this thing that he has i think it's called uh, groove master is that i think that's right or groove lock lock. groove lock 
And so when you, if you've got a, a sort of fast double tempo or a half-time kind of vibe, you can lock the groove of that, and then it will also, again, take everything in your library as you audition it. It will be locked to that groove. So you can get things that are just totally uncompatible, and they suddenly become compatible. It's pretty amazing. So essentially, it must... It's kind of like um, I don't know. It's not tripling your uh, your 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 library. It's kind of some sort of amazing power of ten or something because everything becomes workable with everything else. It's just a question of there's nothing that you would discount because it just doesn't fit. It will all fit together, and that was really mind bending so, to watch. So, given that explanation, I'm going to ask a very, a very stupid question. There's an update to RMX. Yes, there is. Fantastic. Uh, I forget when it's coming. I think it, he said it was March, but uh, it's in the video. I know that he said two dates and we had to make sure that the second date didn't come through, but uh, it's coming soon. And also um, Trillion. And trilogy as well? Trillion, which is the new trilogy, uh, that is all compatible <sighs> with Omnisphere and has all sorts of m- m- mental stuff in it. And that is free to registered Trilogy owners because you had to wait so long. Oh, Wow. Oh, fantastic. Eric so had, can you Eric tell us anything? A, Eric had a great big smile on his face when he was demoing it, and it, it, it did sound very... I, I wish I could remember now. Um, there's just too many facts and figures, and I didn't edit the video myself, so it's not fresh in my mind, but it should be up there um, tomorrow or later on today if I get a chance. So it will be there. Oh, that's exciting, because those are bread and butter. Those are bread and butter synths, so that's that's amazing to... I think to be able to- there's some compatibility between Hit and Omnisphere. I know that much. Amazing. So you should be. There's what was it? Oh yes, one of the big things was you can have key switching. Uh, so you can run um, different types of different expressions of bass without having to run more than one instance of Trillion. So if you see what I mean, if you've got a staccato upright bass and a sustain upright bass, they will happen in the same instrument. Oh, lovely. That's. But I'm not familiar with Trilogy, so don't quote me on that totally. So yeah, big big news from Spectrosonics and lots, you know, and also the Omnisphere two gig extra library is free as well. So you know, there's some pretty serious um, free stuff out there. Rich, let's get around to you. Are you still Hello. there? <laughs> Hello, Rich. Gosh, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I've been paying rapt rapt attention here, and uh, just based uh, on what you've already spoken about, and uh, the Ableton stuff really interested me. It's uh, I'm still trying to decide if I can envision myself recording a multi-channel set of drums into that thing. But other than that, it's a really outstanding creative environment at this point, and they offer a heck of a lot of bang for the buck on the uh, software and in terms of the synthesizers that you, you get or can get. And they, oh, they've got a lot of very cool custom stuff. I really liked it. And uh, Spectrosonics, yay. You know, I've, I've missed my trilogy, and I'd like it back, please, and thank you. And now it's here, and I'm happy to see that. And uh, um, that made me happy. And then as uh, everything else I know pretty much about the show, I, I learned through the videos that you guys put together, Nick. And oh, cool. uh, among the things that interested me the most were the general trend towards hardware control, as represented by that Akai APC-40, is it? The That's thing right, that yeah. works with Ableton. And uh, and is also evidenced by uh, Novation's offerings and just in general, uh, Native Instruments had that thing machine, that dr- yeah. it's basically yeah, an MP- it's basically an MPC for their software kind of interface, you know, and uh, that. So the trend towards all of that interests me. And Roger uh, Lynn was spot on in his little interview when he calls attention to the fact very subtly. That all of this is really, you know, coming from the Lin 9000 on some level, and he's right. Well, yeah, because um, I, I asked him about it. I was kind of saying, you know, how do you feel about all this stuff? It, it seems like everything is NPC-like, and he was just saying this. It's just become a a, a, a a universal type of input, the, you know, the 16 by 16 pad matrix or 12 by 12. You know, that's something that he's uh, he's kind of the father of, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, and, and on some level, it's achieved some almost Minimoog-like ubiquity with regards to the way it's been imitated across different platforms and for different reasons, because the way that it worked for people originally still works for people today, and everybody wants to emulate that on some level. Um, I think the Akai Ableton thing has taken it to a whole nother level by putting all of those clips on buttons in front of you and being able to interact with it in that way is pretty incredible. Um 
Okay, other things that interest me is Roland's V piano. I'm really interested in uh, in model piano, uh, software model pianos, and I'm I'm sort of there's a certain kind of romance I have with the piano tech product on some level. I'm not as happy with the attacks of the notes, but I kind of like what happens after they begin to combine better in the models than I like it in the samples. And there are some great samples, and I have them, and I use them. And I'm not complaining because it's, you know, we're really into a fine world of imitation pianos at this point. But I do have great hopes for modeled piano. So I'd be very interested to hear and play this uh, V piano thing. um, I love Roland's actions. I play them on stage because I love them. And uh, if anybody could make me want to feel like I'm in some kind of piano experience, I believe they, they could do it with a modeled piano. So I'd like to hear it and I'd be... That would be interesting to me. Other things that uh, interested me were G-Force's uh, Imposter 2, which I was very much looking forward to. Um, it sounded terrific. It sounded terrific, and it sounded terrific, and uh, Dave was sparkling as usual in his demonstration thereof. And uh, the yes. Waldorf so- here, soft here. synth. The Waldorf soft synth also interested me. Um, get to that. Damn. Native Instruments uh, Groovebox thing was interesting to me. I like the little Muse, uh, the Muse thing, the, the receptor, the, box, those, yeah. the little sort of the mini receptor thing yeah. that they've got that kind of looks like looks almost more like an Xbox to me. It's funny. It's got sort of an Xboxy look. And then uh, I had to watch Bob Marcello play that guitar because there's just nothing like watching Bob Marcello he's, play the guitar. He is, he's unbelievable. He is, he is the Bob Marcello, he is, I should yeah, say. He's yeah. like kind of he's he's a conglomeration of eighties, nineties and poodle and being really good and tasteful and nice <laughs> as well. He's a great guy. I mean I don't know how the hell he keeps it up. I mean he really I really don't know how he keeps it up. His shops are just ridiculous. It's mm. unbelievable. And it's so, he does I it love watching him without any effort as well. Yeah, he just tosses some of that stuff off. Uh, let me see. What else was interesting to me? Uh, Roland's uh, new voice processor keyboard was interesting the to VP me. The VP770, yeah. Uh, Ed Diaz, once again, yeah. another, great, another great demo. Yeah, that was fun. Great that was demo. a fun demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was cool. And uh, the micro Korg sounded great for what, you know, for its size, certainly. And I'm very interested to see massive. what Korg is doing in in interface technology because it's interesting how there's this really really a whole glut of really small but really useful and great sounding hardware coming about like you know the Korg micro Korg series or the uh the Blofeld thing or just little synths that do amazing things and uh th- and like I say those controllers that look like some version of a Lin 9000 well, um, if I can just take you back to the V piano a second, we were very kindly allowed yeah. into a, 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 a secret demo room up in the Hilton on the fifth floor, where we were. Uh, um, we we got in there. I, I didn't go. I couldn't make it because we were double booked. Because it was it, they threw it. On, it was going to be on the show floor, but they decided that they didn't want to put it out there yet. They weren't kind of comfortable with it. And Andy went, and he said it was uh, it was brilliant. It was one of those kind of. Knocked at the door and a bloke uh, opened the door, a Japanese chap, um, who didn't really understand what Andy was saying. He just shut the door and wouldn't let him in. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> the, uh, um, the guy, Sean from Roland, who, uh, who organized it for us, turned up and it was all kind of taken care of. But they were still really, really scared of showing it to, you know, for, for web video because they were just so worried about how it would come across and everything. Um, but they did. And, uh, we, we got John Maul, who was uh, a great demo guy to, um, go through a bunch of the sounds and, and demonstrate it. I haven't had a chance to review it myself, but uh, it's in progress again. It should be today or tomorrow. And that was very impressive. Andy said it sounded really good. And the fact that you could do things like uh, change the size of the piano, change the, the number of strings per note, all sorts of things that you could do, like you say, that only you could do in modeling. And uh, that's going to be mm-hmm. well looking forward to, but it's, it's still some way off. It's still very much in, in, you know, behind closed doors. But speaking of another piano, there was also the Yamaha piano, which is a actually a large grand piano type. Well, it's not full size, but it's the size of a kind of decent sized table. And what it's got is um, a special technology that they've sampled a C3 uh, at four channels. And it's got four sets of speakers under the soundboard, which comes up like a grand piano. Uh, but it's also got these transducers in the body of it. So the thing vibrates when you play it in sympathy. So it, it's really wow. weird. You play it, and it feels hmm. like you're playing a real piano. So, you know, turn the volume down, 
and you play one of the bass strings and you can f- bass notes and you can feel the bass string vibrating through the key like you can with a real piano. And they had Alicia Keys over there for one of the demo days and she kind of sat down and did a, a, a press call and apparently she was, you know, absolutely fantastic and, and, and loved it. And that's supposed to be amazing. I mean, obviously a C3 costs 160 grand uh, and this thing costs, it still costs a lot. It's 20 grand, but it's, it's a really quite an interesting electromechanical digital hybrid kind of thing. And it's all finished in proper uh, piano lacquer and everything. It's quite, quite remarkable. And I've got a demo for that, cool. which uh, I need to put also put online. That's what I'm saying. All of these things, we're kind of backed up because we just got oh. so much more stuff than we thought we were going to get. Um, well, Nick, on the subject of on the subject of Alicia Keys and samples, there is a new sample set called Alicia's Keys that uh, is a piano from her studio that has been. It's the first uh, piano sample release from Thomas Scarby, and uh, oh, it okay. sounds. It's a very interesting sounding piano that they've used, and uh, I encourage people to listen to it. What piano is what it, piano? Rich? Do you know? It's a Yamaha piano from her studio that is, as I recall it, to a large extent, fiberglass and aluminum. Oh. And, and uh, it's got a very unique sound. It's I a very interesting has, sounding yeah. piano. The samples themselves, which are available on some website somewhere, I don't recall which one, but <laughs> that wasn't very useful, was it? But I'm going spontaneous here. Um, the samples sounded really good. It sounds actually incredible, up to Thomas's, you know, usual standard of incredible. Uh, it's a very unusual sounding piano. It's great. Anyway, it's called Alicia's Keys, right. and, uh, and they, she, I believe it's she who is selling it. I don't even think know if it's a Scarby product. But uh, he did it. Oh. Hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, um, Very cool. I'm just trying to think what else Yamaha had. But that was kind of the highlight of it for me. Uh, I got a Tyros 3 demo as well, um, which is kind of different to the uh, Harris guy who's, who's the developer. So that, that was good. Thanks very much to, um, I forget the chap's nine, name, a great Dutch guy who also did the piano. Um, gosh, what else did we see? Um, there's, there's so much of it. Remember that we did that... that um, Microsoft um, research project, which was the sing, you sang into the computer and it gave you a backing track. Do you remember that? We did. We talked about it on one of the podcasts. You sing into it and it just comes up with the chords, mm-hmm. and you can change the chords yes. to be happier or sadder, and you know, change the inversions and get it to throw it, give you alternatives. That is now actually a product. Uh, and we, I met up with the the guys, and we did a little uh, demo for that, and um, that's really cool. You can buy it for thirty bucks. And it's got um, some Garatan sounds in it now, and it's also got Band in a Box um, backing tracks um, and patterns and what have you. So it's actually quite, uh, you know, it's it's real. You can get it, and it's 30 bucks. And I spoke to Summit Basu, who's the guy who's in there singing about his girlfriend, and he sang the same song for us, and we've got the demo. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll try and get that one up there as well fairly soon. Um, gosh, there's so much. Oh, the Joko Black Box that Rob, uh, that Rich, that Dave... <laughs> Robinson mentioned, um, remember the Black Box Recorder 24-channel one? Saw that working, and that's really cool. That ah, boots yeah. up in 10 seconds, flies, absolutely flies, and that's going to be massive, because I was talking to him about, you know, okay, the recording size is great, but, you know, I think, actually, if you get the functions right in the firmware, they'll be able to turn it into a playback device for live stuff, you know, if they can get things like uh, program changes to load songs and all that sort of thing. That's absolutely astonishing. That's a really brilliant piece of kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, Very cool. What else? Uh, goodness me, there were quite the, uh, audio impressions. Now um, I know they do this sort of massive Divisi string library, but they've also um, created this other um, device, uh, which is a piece of software that allows you to run as a plugin on Logic. Say uh, it works on a Mac, but it it can, creates a, a network so you can connect to a PC. So it's between Mac and PC. So if you have your PC and you run this host. On the other side, on the other, on the PC, it allows you to use it as a plugin on the Mac. So what you effectively do is you have access. It's kind of like the Muse Uniwire technology, but it's agnostic in terms of um, software. So you might run like a bunch of Contact Three instruments, some synths, whatever, on the uh, PC and access them, and the audio streams back over Ethernet back into your system. Okay, so it's it's kind of like giving you extra DSP and allowing you to access another computer and use it integrate it into your system and the latency is about four milliseconds 
which is pretty damn hot. Ooh. So you should definitely check that out. I, I'm afraid I don't recall the exact name of it now because I didn't make any notes um, before this show because it's all been a bit last minute. Uh, for those who, um, who who didn't know, my flight was delayed uh, by 24 hours and I didn't get in till after the podcast was supposed to be recording yesterday. So that's why we're doing it uh, a, a day late. Um, gosh, there's, there's, there is so much stuff there. Um, any other worth worth mentioning? I'm just trying to think now. I, I think we've covered most of the big Say stuff. Say Nick. Yeah, sure. PJ. Uh, when you were talking to the guys at, at Audio Impressions? Yes, I did. On their website previously they they used to have uh, sort of a, a teaser for many other like some some 600 instruments that they'd recorded for uh you know for the the sort of divisi um technology overhaul you right. know to uh, new libraries that i believe that they were going to release any mention of those at all because I, i've noticed i think it was several months ago i went out to their website to see what was going on and and there's no mention of releasing further libraries or well, there, there, I, there wasn't at the time. I honestly can't answer that. I didn't shoot the Divisi. Um, we ran out of time. I shot the audio port. That's what it's called. The audio port uh, demo. And then Andy went back and shot the um, the Divisi demo. And I can't tell you what happened because I haven't edited it uh, and I haven't seen anything that he's done. So <laughs> I'm afraid I can't give you any uh, any any information like that. But it may well be contained in the video that we shot. I know Chris always gives us a, a cracking demo. So um, it that's basically all I can say. Um, what okay. else? Uh, TC Electronic Voice Works 2. Voice Tone 2. That was really good. Uh, let me see. Um, Studio Live, the Personas um, console, um, that looks quite promising, actually. Um, that now has an operating system update that allows you to chain two of them together over Firewire, and it sums all the buses and everything in the solo bus, so they eventually they essentially act as a single device. You don't have to plug anything else. So that's quite cool. Oh, <coughs> uh, gosh. Um, Cubase 5? Anyone see that? Yep. No. I thought that might interest you, PJ. I mean, that's kind of... That looks like it's got quite a lot in there. Um, what do you think? Because you are a, well, you're a offend- Cubase guy. <laughs> well, yeah, will I offend anybody if I say that I'm I'm going to see... It, when, when live comes out, if its MIDI tools are mature, I think I'm probably going to try to port over to live entirely right. for my workflow. Oh! Um, yeah. Uh, Cubase 5 looks good. It... it I don't know. It just I'm I'm very disillusioned with Cubase to be quite honest. That's just my own my own personal take on the situation. Oh, Rich. <laughs> I think he's going to play Are some you going to uh, play some solemn notes. <laughs> some atmospherics there, some some uh, Chopin some, maybe. General some March. appropriately ominous music. <laughs> PJ's changing platforms. Jeez. <laughs> Wow. I feel bad saying that, but just trying to get excited about another another loop instrument and the and the fact that they've integrated auto auto-tune technology into the software when that's very mature on other platforms. It just feels like it's a constant uh it's a constant catch up. And uh that's just sort of that's just sort of my take on it. But you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see what it really looks like when it comes out. <laughs> Okay. But I think live is it for me. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen all the features of live yet, but uh, that's... that's. Yep. F- but uh, there are quite a lot of cool things in there, and yes, it is a bit like uh, Celemony, Melodyne, but um, we actually also spoke to the Melodyne people as well, mm. and they, they haven't finished the DNA thing. And one thing they were very keen to, for us to sort of help them spread it sort of seemed a little bit like expectation management drill and uh you know i think the demo from mesa kind of everybody got the impression that they were actually now going to be able to deconstruct mastered finished stereo mixes no matter what the material but it's it's very much pitch dependent so you know modern multi-tracks with kind of layered vocals layered everything is going to be a, a difficult pitch sort of landscape to extract uh that kind of stuff mm-hmm. from the demo that we saw, uh, which was the really impressive one, which was the Chet Baker track, is because you know the trumpet's in its own register; it's a solo instrument. Everything else is in sep- in other registers, so it's quite easy to to change that kind of stuff. So you know, it's it depends on the program material. But um, they're looking to, I think, uh, announce and release at, at Mesa, which is about six weeks away. 
So it will be coming. Wow. It will be coming. Uh, what else did we see? Oh, of course, the, the new strap-on synth from Roland. How could we have forgotten the AX synth? I know it's perhaps not terribly exciting in terms of voicing, but the fact that, you know, you can't get them anymore, and now they've re-released it is kind of big news and uh, was causing quite a stir. Lots and lots of people's watching Ed's demo, and really quite good for him because it's an ex- excuse for a keyboard player to play so whittle guitar type solos and and do lots of pitch bend and and posturing all day he got to do that he must be one happy guy <laughs> <laughs> he, cer- he certainly seemed quite happy do they do they have a model for over 50 keyboardists uh, i'm not sure they they were talking about different colors they weren't sure whether the white one was going to be the final color i think or maybe that was something i heard elsewhere i'd have to check my fact um i don't know you could always spray it up get a custom custom skin for it couldn't you rich i don't know what would you have on it as a custom i'd like one that looks like a cane a cane, you know, a walking cane. <laughs> <laughs> that's good well maybe what you could do is you could have just the edge of it made as a walking cane and then you get them to alpha do some sort of an alpha cat channel or green screen the rest of it so that every time you used it it just looked like you were holding the cane I just think that's funny. Are you, do, you, do you feel you're a bit old for it? I don't think it's necessarily the right product for my particular stage presentation, no. <laughs> oh, <it's> so <laughs> diplomatic, as ever. <laughs> I think Guru One's got it here. You could do it in Viagra Blue. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it had a bunch of sounds in it and what have you, but, uh, I mean... People seem to get very excited about it, and I, that's good. And I suppose while we're at it, I could launch into our new... Because Roland UK are our new sponsor. Because um, they are actually uh, very kindly taken over the mantle from Yamaha, who've passed it on. Um, one of the things that we did demo as well was the ARX-03, uh, which is a quite a, a, a brilliant brass expansion board for the Phantom G series. Uh, which is also something that um, that they'd like to draw your attention to. You can find all about the Roland Phantom G, which is that they've got a microsite at roland.co.uk slash phantom G, which is all one word, lowercase. The G is big. I don't know if it makes any difference. But uh, they are going to be doing a glitzy um, sort of podcast ad for us. In the meantime, you'll have to make do with me uh, waffling on uh, in an uncertain way because I haven't had time to pro- <laughs> to actually to, uh, to pr- prep this one. <laughs> but I'm doing it now because I want to start billing them, you know. What can I say? <laughs> but anyway, the Phantom, the, the Phantom G is available in 61, 76 and 88 notes and it really is quite a remarkably high-powered touchscreen workstation. I think we shot something with... Uh, uh, oh, gosh, I've forgotten his name. My, my memory's very bad because of the jet lag, but um, we got some great demo stuff, and a lot of people say the sounds really are quite a different step up from the previous Phantoms. It's actually a, 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 a much bigger system, and it's also got a new version software uh, upgrade, which is free, uh, and it's version two, 1.2, and 152-track song recorder, auto-track function, SMF export and mixer, support for a gig of RAM, various system enhancements and improvements. So head on over to roland.co.uk, Phantom G, for that. And thanks for them and their new sponsorship. Anyway, I've, that's the first time I've done a live ad. I think it might be the last. Yay! <laughs> now, sp- speaking of brass, yeah. um, how, how about that Arturia? Um, they've got their new uh, brass version. Yeah, I thought... Does anybody use this? I've not used it, but I remember the first time I saw it, it was probably two or three years ago, and it sounded, to my ears, pretty average. But this time, I thought it sounded much better, and actually the editor was really cool. The spatial editor is absolutely brilliant for kind of pit you place Mm -hmm. it here and there. So, I mean, I think it could be be pretty good, and I was quite quite impressed. What about you? you? Have you had a chance to check it out? I had the original brass when it first came out and didn't end up using it much no didn't and um synthetic brass always sounds like synthetic brass to me and i've worked long days trying to not make it sound that way and um i'm very glad i've got brass playing friends well yeah i mean that's the thing i don't don't think you can beat the real brass i think that's true no but i did i tell you what i did see which was downstairs a, a chap called wallander wallander instruments who's doing uh again it's um it's a real time synthesis is an orchestral synthesizer and the brass on that um sounded much sound, sounded better i thought and it was he was playing with a breath controller 
and it sounded absolutely brilliant. And it, because it's uh, modelled or synthesised, it, it it does Divisi properly. So it's not just playing a sample. And you know, if you've got if you want a fourth section, it'll play unison, or they'll each play separate notes, and they'll voice yeah. the chords properly. And you should check when I finish the demo. I'll let you know where it is because that was that that was pretty impressive. And because it, it yeah, I saw wor- some of that. Because it works well with um, a breath controller, it's much more expressive. And he's got um, trumpets, trombones, saxophone. And it does things like if you've got a quartet and and, and one of them's a trombone, it'll keep the trombone, and whatever you play chord-wise or arrangement, it'll keep the trombone following the rules that a brass section would normally adhere to if they were dividing the parts up. Stuff like that. That Mm -hmm. was kind of cool. And has anybody seen the product by Fable Sounds? I believe it's uh, it's uh, distributed in the U.S. by Sonavox. It's called uh, Broadway and Big Band. It's a little expensive. It's about twenty one hundred dollars for the entire library, but I believe it it chocks in at a, over a hundred gigabytes of uh, data, and it's amazing. It's amazing sounding. That's it's, a sound, uh, sample yeah, and I had a chance to actually play with it last uh, last Nam, and it's just it's astonishing because they use um they use a specialized version of the Halion player from Steinberg, uh-huh. and it's it, you can do things you can do dimensional key switching, so you can do things like in the middle of a sustained uh, phrase or a, a legato phrase, you can you can uh, hit a key switch and and it'll add a fall, and you can. Um, control the length of it, so it's it's just an, or you can switch to growling, you know, while you're while you've got uh, you know while you've got a legato phrase going, and so you you've got sort of interdimensional key switching. It's it's a really it's really pretty amazing. Mm. And I check out their their demos if you're looking for for really you know ac- accomplished sounding pop brass samples. Okay. I did hear it. I walked past as they were doing a demo. It sounded good. It sounded very good. It sounded old, which I like. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you can make it sound really, you know, really up to date too. And their their um their website is uh has some pretty astonishing demos on it. So Okay, well I again I it's kind of a hundred gigs of that's the one thing about a lot of this. I did actually speaking of sample libraries, it's sort of changing tack slightly. Um, I, saw, I I always like to go and see Nick Phoenix because I really I kind of connect with him. I th- I really like him as a guy. He's kind of you know quite humble, but really into what he does as well. And he showed me the new Silk Road um, uh, sample uh, library from East West, and that's I've just been editing that this morning, and that sounds astonishing. And that really is. And he's got, but he's, we we had a really good chat about you know what it's how what the sample process is involved like because a lot of these musicians, for instance, you know these are instruments that are kind of. Uh, common or in the vicinity of the Silk Road. So what's that? That's kind of Persia, um, um, China. Um, you know, I, I wish I had my geographic chops up together. Perhaps someone can help me out. But a- along the kind of the Silk Road, which kind of goes from Middle East to the Far East, is that about right? Mm-hmm. Turkey, Turkey through to to somewhere else. And he and we had a really good chat about, it. and that's a really good interview and and demonstration of the sample playback thing. And uh, that was great. Uh, I just like to say thanks to Nick for that, and um, watch out for that when I finally get that one up as well. Um, gosh, what else? Mr. Bowen, since I got to play on that. Ah, you did. Yes, I I went and had a chat with, with him. I've also got an interview to go up with him. He's got a black one now, hasn't he? Mm. Yes, I played I played the white one, but um, oh, yeah, I've, so. I've heard it doesn't sound anywhere near as good as the black one. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not as old. <laughs> <laughs> but it, oh, it's very good. Great. He said you came down, and he was he was sorry that uh, he couldn't spend more time talking to you because um, that's what he told me anyway. Uh, no, it was Sunday, and he was getting ready to be filmed, and we were getting ready to leave. So uh, yeah, sorry, John, I didn't uh, have a chance to hang about, but well, uh, we did have a play, and I only managed to make it crash once. All right. Well, he was one thing that he was saying was that um, the reason it's been held up is because he actually has been changing the hardware spec, and I sort of said, oh, ouch, you know, that's got to be. They must in the in the actual fabrication side of things, the heart, the industrial design part. They must absolutely dread. A f- uh, I've just been thinking, guys. I need to add another bunch of knobs, and but it, it does look a lot better for it. He's he's broken out functions a lot more and given it more. Um, you can access access the parameters a, a, a more easily with what he's what he's done. Um, so he was saying, oh, what was he saying? It's, it's going to be this year, I think. Mesa, they were talking about 
as well, if I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah, he wrote to me prior to Nam, and he said that release was imminent. That he was hoping to have it out by Mesa. Right. Well, that's cool. He's nearly there. Yeah. Uh, Good luck, John. Good luck. Yes, I know he does listen to the to the podcast and has been in the chat. I think he was in the chat room last time we were on. Um, so yeah, that was funny. Yes, yeah, very funny. There was a really interesting uh, article, and it's on the website called filmmusicmag.com which was NAM 2009 a time for sobriety um, but actually having read that I'd kind of gone there a little bit kind of oh, yeah it's going to be pretty doom and gloom but it was it was really upbeat again which was nice I have to say one of the highlights of my show was a very well-known keyboard player coming up to me and uh, Chris and giving us a list of things that he's looking to sell. One of which is a Chamberlain 4 manual, which is one of four ever, uh, ever built. Uh, an Oberheim 8 voice from Chick Corea's collection. Whoa. Up 2600, an RMI keyboard computer, uh, MOTM modular system, a Trident Trimix console, and loads of other goodies. So uh, at the minute we're kind of going, hmm, can we buy any of this and get it shipped over? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, like, that might... Um, Oberheim. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rich. Rich, your, your interest has been piqued. I suspect there might be a bidding war about to happen. You want to keep Oberheim. your mouth shut, Rich, Dave? <laughs> it's a beauty. It's a complete beauty. Well, um, uh, the other uh, thing that uh, we should say is um, it was quieter this year, but I don't think it was because any less people wanted to come. Actually, they were really strict on the door, and you had to show photo ID, and I think they're going to be doing that from now on, because they've been trying to cut down, because sometimes the pub, you know, Saturday and Sunday, it gets absolutely insane, and most of the people that are in there are kind of people in bands who are maybe looking for endorsements or whatever, and, and borrowing IDs from friends, so you have this turnover of IDs. But because you now had to do photo IDs, it was probably down by about 20,000, they reckon. But all the people that were in there seemed to be much more trade-based and were kind of the right kind of people did you find that dave yes although i have to say i'd like to punch every single one of the security people that drove me absolutely insane there should be some kind of different system for exhibitors because i don't think they grasp the concept that actually you know being brits and living in this miserable weather all the time that we quite like to go outside and make the most of our kind of three days in the sun so every time i would go out i mean queuing to get out was completely absurd and actually, at wow. one point, I don't know whether you saw the sign, no drumsticks. Yeah. What's that all about? Point, well, Chris came in and they said, oh, we need to look in your bag. And he said, we were getting a little fed up by this time. So he said, I'll tell you what, you tell me what you're looking for and I'll tell you if it's in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. <laughs> and they said, drumsticks. That's what they said. Drumsticks. Right. Fantastic. Um... Now, that coupled with another story that we heard somebody, uh, some executive from a bank a couple of years ago, who's a complete drum fanatic, decided to quit his job to go and work for, um, I think it's uh, not D-Drum, come on, DW Workshop, Drum Workshop. Uh, he decided to quit his job to go and work for Drum Workshop marketing, not a pair of sticks, one better than that, it's three sticks. So they're all perfectly matched. So if you break one, you still have. And of course, all his colleagues at the bank were uh, laughing their asses off at him at the time going, well, you know, it's a dead end job. You want to stick in banking. And now I believe that they're all unemployed. <laughs> yeah. <And> he... <laughs> Excellent. What a, what a fine turnout. And how's his business doing on the three sticks? I don't know. I wanted to go and see him and meet him and ask him loads and loads of questions, but I didn't get the time. Um, and, of course, the other classic story is the uh, Ableton controller story, wasn't it, when Houston was setting up and oh. he had two, two of those controllers and uh, one was behind him and uh, he put the other one on the desk and turned around and somebody nicked the other one. <laughs> wow. Oh, no, really? So there, there were all sorts of rumours about, you know, on which booth is that going to turn up having had a new paint job and be a tenth of the price? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ouch. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh. Oh, That's man. amazing. And it could only insecure. have been somebody in the industry, you know? Well, I suppose, yeah. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's a bit like that Moog story, isn't it? The guy lifting the Moog, you know, the the prototype yeah. Moog from Mesa. It's very similar, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and then oh. they found it on eBay, didn't they, and caught him. <laughs> Good. Stupid git. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> 
Well, let's see, I'm just looking through some business cards here to see if... Oh, yes, actually, there was one other thing, which was the fold... <laughs> didn't you see that? The infinite response folding keyboard, which is made out of magnesium something or other. Uh, it's quite, quite light. It's £25, and it's a, it's a 61-note keyboard with a, a really high scan rate. I mean, massively fast scan rate. And you fold it in half, and you can put it on a backpack, and it'll, it'll go into carry-on on an aeroplane. Um, and it's got a bunch of different... It's got, like, 64 MIDI channels. Uh, what am I saying? I'm not really seeing much from this business card, but it's rather nifty business card because it folds in half. Isn't that neat? Well, one, I'll tell you one thing that I've forgotten to say, which was a complete highlight of the show for me, was uh, Red Matica guys were showing um, Keymap 2. Which, oh, uh, that's another thing I didn't get to. God, I'm feeling really lax now, even though we got probably 80 videos. It's I blinding. I is it? Blind, blinding. I mean, amazing. Because you, you really dig that stuff, don't you? Yeah, I mean, when we did the VSM, we did uh, a load of loops originally using uh, DSP Quattro. And there's no crossfade in there. You know, we were doing it all manually and then checking it. So that was a huge, huge job. And then uh, when um, Ben, a friend of ours, put, put me onto Keymap, it just it probably saved about three months in time. Wow. And this thing's even better. So big, big props to them. Well, there we go. So that was Winter Nam. I'm sure we've missed a, a lot of other stuff. I'd just like to say also... Um, commiserations and get well soon to non-Eric Hans who unfortunately apparently broke a rib really badly just before he was about to fly out um, putting together some Ikea flat pack furniture and uh, couldn't make the flight which is just, has sort of comedic value but it's also incredibly tragic because I guess it happens at such last notice that he probably couldn't get any refunds or anything so hotel and flights um, he didn't make it so I'm really sorry you weren't there we missed you on Saturday night um, but I, at least he probably got to have a rest at this time of year when, in fact, right, normally he'd be absolutely exhausted and kind of practically on his on the floor. So um, that was it. Winter Nam 2009 all over and uh, Roll On Music Messer, which is the next one, which is on the 1st of April. Uh, looking forward to that also, um, but that is another show. So anyway, thank you to my guests and to the few people who did manage to make it into the chat room this week. I know um, it was short notice that we cancelled, but uh, there's not much I could do. So I'd say thank you to Guru One, who's uh, uh, staying up till two o'clock in the morning in Australia. Well done to you, mate. Deckers, Devolution, Rob GS, and the uh, the legendary Urethra Frank Franklin. Um, no doubt in homage, who uh, also sang. I saw the Urethra Franklin um singing on the Obama um, inauguration. It was very moving. She, that must have been one of the biggest audiences live she's ever had. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Mm. So um, thank you very much to everybody in the chat room, as I've once already said. And thank you very much to PJ Tracy in Minneapolis. Thank you so much, Nick. It was a pleasure as always. Well, um, thank you for joining us, and there'll be lots more videos to come. Uh, Rich Hilton from uh, Connecticut, or I guess it's probably hard at work the rest of the day with um, Niall, or do you get a day off? Uh, no, I'll be going to the studio today. And uh, how hard? We'll find out when we get there. <laughs> okay, and uh, also, Mr. Dave Spears from GeForce Software. Thank you for joining us, too. Thank you, thank you. And thank you very much for my margaritas. They were most enjoyable. You're welcome. Uh, my guests can be found at their respective uh, domains, pjtracymusic.com, myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius, and geforcesoftware.com. That was Sonic Talk number 114. Thanks for listening. <laughs>